You're listening to the Earthy Bee Podcast, and this is Rebecca Kimber. I am talking to Christina Johnson, the co-founder and creative director of Upcycle It Now. In this episode, she will explain what upcycling is, how she got started, and some ideas for entrepreneurs interested in working upcycling into their own businesses. You could also explain a little bit first about what upcycling actually is for someone who is just brand new to everything with circular economy. Yeah. So for me, I think a lot of people have kind of little different variations on it, but I think essentially what upcycling is, it's kind of a way of reminding people that just because you're reusing material doesn't mean that you're degrading it or that the next product is secondary or um, less has less value. It's kind of reminding people like, actually, you can take something that has ended its life, that has reached its potential of value, and then extract more value out of that and create a new product that still is um, value to it on itself. Um, and so just saying like, instead of, I think a lot of people think of recycling as, okay, you take a tin can and you recycle it goes back into something, but maybe it's not of the same quality as it was before. Whereas upcycling is taking something and saying, yes, this was a good product, but it reached its end of life. We're going to make an equally or better product out of um, out of the material that it was. And then can you explain a little bit how you got into uh, upcycling? Yeah. Um, so my family has a tailoring alteration store. And so I grew up around um, making things, fixing things. And there was always little pieces of scraps that we would have. And I was always just fascinated by them. And I loved... Um, I loved kind of tinkering and making things. And so I feel that through just my family's influence, I had kind of the basics down and that foundation really built. Um, and then as I continued on in education, I went to UC Davis and I joined their design program. And there I had a professor named Ann Savageau who was teaching courses in sustainability. And I just really took to the notion. I think I had the foundation there, but I didn't really have the words for it. And her classes really gave me the words to say, oh yeah, this is what I want to do. And this is how, um, and this is a thing. It's not just like my little hobby that I like to do on the side. Um, it's something that I can actually um, continue on and continue my education with. Um, and through her, through Anne Savage I was able to get an internship in India, uh, working at a factory that did upcycling. And so I had a chance to really firsthand see how this was being done um, in a larger scale. And it was, it was fascinating. Um, And I knew then I kind of kind of in my family line, I was very entrepreneurial. I wanted to kind of start something on my own. And um, my mom and my sister actually came out to visit me. And as I was giving them a tour of the factory, my mom was like, this is, you know, this, everything that they're using, the equipment they're using, the manufacturing techniques that they're using, you know, we have access to through our, um, through our facility and our alteration store. And so when I was expressing to her that I was interested in starting something, but I wanted to do it with recycled and I wanted to use um, waste instead of virgin material. She she agreed and she said, well, why don't we partner together and why don't we start this um, with the facility and the team that we have? Um, It was perfect timing, really, because it was 2010 and it was right after the economy had 
slowed down and we were kind of having a little bit of worries about keeping our team. And we had had team members at this is at the alteration store. Um, and we had had team members anywhere from like 10 to 15 years. And so we were worried about keeping everyone busy and keeping enough work. So that also gave us a opportunity to say, okay, we're going to take on this new business. We're going to start um, working on these new projects. This also gave all our employees uh, extra additional work that they could take on and an opportunity that we didn't have to um, either let anyone go or cut anyone's hours. So it was really, it's kind of a win-win um, in our minds when we started. Can you explain a little bit about the the companies that you work with and how you work with brands? Definitely. So we started off really flexible. We knew this was a new concept. We knew that it was something that was going to take a little time to figure out. Um, and we were we were understanding that our business model that we started with wasn't necessarily going to be the business model that we ended with. Um, and I honestly, we, we still might change. Who knows? We'll see how, how things evolve. Uh, but we started with uh, street banners and our business always was business to business. So we would go to someone who was creating a larger amount of waste and we would say to them, you're creating these things. They're going to be thrown away. What would you like us? Can we help you recycle them or upcycle them into new products so that they can either go back on the shelves of your retail side or they can be given as gifts to like members or to clients or things that you would want? Um, and so we started with the street banners and working with like museums and um uh, the Aquarium of the Pacific, which is local in Long Beach where we are. We did a little work with Disney. Um, and then we had an opportunity to meet Patagonia at a um, symposium. And we realized, oh my gosh, this is also extremely relevant for apparel companies because apparel companies, at some point, their clothing is unusable and it's broken down or it's beyond wearing and this is something that we can which is very much in our wheelhouse from tailoring and alterations is working with clothing so we approached them and at this time they had been Patagonia had been collecting all their post-consumer material they told their customers don't throw it away send it back to us and we'll find a responsible responsible way to recycle it and at that point, they didn't necessarily have a lot of channels where they were sending this material and um, they were collecting it. Things that could be conventionally recycled were conventionally recycled. And then things that couldn't be, they were trying to figure out the best way to handle them. And so we came in as a kind of a solution to say, hey, well, those things that you're having a really hard time recycling, why don't we, why don't we test them out, experiment with them, try to make, um, try to make something out of them. And one of the main things through lots of different pilots and little things that we did, we found that um, the delaminated rain jackets was a big part of what they get back and what is just beyond wearable and not able to be recycled in a conventional way. So we ended up creating a line um, that's, we've been working, doing these specific products for about five or so years now. And they're little travel pouches and different little fanny packs, um, one of which is made out of the hood of the jacket, which is really fun. Um, for the longest time, we were collecting the hoods, and I was like, I know we can do something with this. And about two years ago, I was like, the fanny pack kind of crazed was growing. Um, our contacts said, oh, do you think you could do some sort of like hip pouch, fanny pack? And 
um, I was like, yes, this is the opportunity for the hoods. They can do, they can become something. Um, and so we have this really awesome product where each product is really individual because it, it takes two hoods to put together and to make one. And then they're just the shape of the hood kind of flattened, like folded in half um, with the top bill being where the zipper is. Um, and they're really fun, really, really fun. Um, so most of our clients, our Patagonia is our main client. And so the most of what we're going for is we're trying to say, okay, let's take care of the waste that you have um, internally. Um, but we do have a few clients. So another client of ours is um, Parks Project, and they are a for-profit company. But what they do is they license um, the different national parks uh, names, and they create products that um, they sell. And then a portion of their proceeds go back to the park the national parks and state parks to support um, projects that have been backlogged. So obviously certain projects for the parks are higher priority and some are lower priority. So they, um, the founders had seen like, Oh, there, there's a lot of things that just can't get done right now. And so they decided they want to create a company to support that. Um, but as a company, they don't really create enough waste right now that we could do a circular. So what we do, is we find other waste in other uh, companies um, and then we branch that with them. So the first project we did, we actually took um, old ranger pants from the park. So ranger pants that were beyond wear too worn out to be used anymore and then we used those and we created um, a fanny pouch actually also a fanny pouch out of the ranger pants which was fantastic because it just fit the story in their mold so well um and the second project with them we t- we were able to um work with this um it was a material that had been donated to be given but it wasn't of quality enough and so it was really just its destination was going to be the landfill eventually so it was this green kind of puff material and black puff material and so we made totes out of that and then we're gonna um hopefully in the next couple months be working on another project uh with that same material awesome and so then are you so are you mostly working with the pre-consumer or the post-consumer or do you do both mostly post-consumer though we do do some pre-consumer um we Personally, I, I like to focus on the post-consumer because there's so much of it. Um, and But the pre-consumer, there is also a good amount of too. So we're not picky. We really like, if it's going to go to the landfill and this is the best, like we can make something new of it, that's what we want to do. Awesome. And the other thing that I thought was interesting too is that um, someone going through your website was really just about the local aspect of it, that instead of companies you know, sending these things, materials away where there's a big, you know, there's a big environmental impact just on, on shipping stuff uh, across the world to have these things be redone is that you guys are doing them locally here in the United States. Uh, you know, is this kind of a trend of, of local businesses being able to do these kinds of things? Definitely. Um, I think when we first started, we were, there was a couple other people out there and then some, everyone's kind of got a little bit of their niche. There's a couple that focus mainly on pre-consumer waste. There's a few that focus on post-consumer, but it's growing and it's really exciting because the reality is, is our main, our main competitor is the landfill. They take 
so much product and so much material that there's just, I mean, it's like having the giant corporation and all these mom pop shops trying to, to compete with it. And at this point, the more upcyclers there are, the more it's kind of like uh, the saying all boats rise when the tide does, because if if people are more aware of what we're doing and understand what we're doing, they will seek out what we're doing. So from the consumer level, I think it's actually awesome um, when there's more people because it is letting, it's letting the educational aspect and the name of it and the concept of it grow, which is what we need to fight the landfill because the landfill right now is the cheapest, easiest option for people to dispose of product and for brands as well, not just consumers, but for brands and for um, larger companies to dispose of either their pre-consumer waste or to get rid of things that they um, that they have. And so for us, I think I would love to see a bunch of local and each state, each country kind of take care of the product that the consumers are using or that the factories in their area are producing. Um, And I don't know, we'll see. It's still small though. It's still a really small community. Um, I think there's probably maybe five or six others that I could name. There's um, uh, some in Colorado, maybe one or two others in Los Angeles, Um, but, um, but they're growing which is awesome. That's great. That's great. Yeah. And I, you know, I know that we need to wrap it up because you, uh, you have a shop to open. Um, but, <laughs> but I just wanted to wrap it up with a final question of if, you know, for, for someone who's listening, what do you think that they, what are things that they can do either as consumers or if there are people who are thinking about starting small businesses um, that are related to this, uh, you know, do you have any tips for, you know, the everyday person and as well as for, for companies? companies. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think as an everyday person, the, the first thing you can do is buy secondhand. There's so much good stuff out there that already is produced and is in good quality. Um, companies like Poshmark, like the real, real, um, even your local, like your Buffalo exchanges, your crossroads, if you, for us to like, we don't want to cut up things that are good, but you have to be, the consumers have to buy those secondhand products when they're still good for them to still create a market. Um, and so I'd say, first of all, start with just look and see if you can get it secondhand before new. Um, and then, then when you're done with your things, can you send it to a secondhand? Can you send it to somewhere? Um, and then just kind of researching companies that have take back programs. And if you're going to buy something new, maybe staying loyal to some of those because they're the ones that are really leading it. And I don't love the idea of all the weight falling on the consumers. Um, I believe that we do, as consumers, we do need to help boost the market because I can't do what I do unless someone buys it. Um, However, I think putting pressure on or giving loyalty to the companies and brands that are facilitating the process, because the brands and the companies, those are really, those are the people who really are going to be the ones to create the infrastructure and establish the processes to make this happen. Yeah. But as a consumer, you can you can use your voice and your dollar as a voice to say, I support you doing that. And I think that's really important, but I don't think it's fully on the consumer to, to figure out how to 
eliminate the world's waste. Um, I think that it's it's up to them to maybe to put a little pressure and to help keep the markets going that are open. But the brands are really the ones that I think um, have the responsibility to to figure it out, to how it happens and create the infrastructure to make it happen. Um, and then if you're starting a company in a business, um, for me, I always look like, where are the pain points? Um, for us, we were lucky in that, you know, Patagonia was collecting this already. They needed to figure out what to do with it. And I think a lot of companies now, especially with the circular economy becoming a stronger word, becoming a stronger phase, um, they're looking for solutions. And if you have ideas, pitch them. People are looking there. People are excited about this. They want to know about this. Um, they want to know what they can do. I mean, most people, I think they're they're afraid that the it's expensive, um, but I don't think that has to be. And so find where someone is in need of a solution and then see, you know, brainstorm on it, see if you can offer or find something that, that works for that. Um, and in terms of operations and stuff, like mentors are also, they're amazing. Someone who's has the knowledge of all the little tinkering parts of starting a business is really nice just to have someone to ask questions. Um, I mean, the World Wide Web is obviously amazing. You can ask a lot of questions there, but having someone that you kind of know and trust and can say, hey, I just hit this roadblock. How did you do it? Um, is also really amazing. Well, this has been great. Uh, I really appreciate all of your insight and I think you have a great story. Uh, I hope that things continue to go well for you guys and that you guys continue to grow. I'd love to keep in touch and keep, uh, keep learning about the brands that you're working with because it sounds like you guys have some cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We're excited. We're excited. This is hopefully this next year is going to, uh, we're going to add a couple more on too. So stay tuned. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, that's great. And I'll update, I'll, uh, I will make sure to uh, include on the article that goes corresponding with this, that I'll include uh, some of the brands that you work with and uh, some examples of products. Maybe we could put some pictures yeah. in there or something that's like awesome. that so people can get a visual. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thanks for listening. To stay in the loop on the latest clean and circular economy products and innovation, sign up for the newsletter on earthybee.com.